Well, hi there. Everybody doing okay? Who enjoyed the surprise this morning when you look out the window? Loved it? Okay. Sit on that side. <laughs> Obviously, the Christians are over here. <laughs> funny. It is funny how uh, you try to sneak through the winter and you tiptoe through, you don't say the S word, and you get past, and it's March 20th. And you're like, yeah, it's going to happen. We're going to sneak through. And then April 3rd, there's snow. <laughs> we were at Walmart last night and came out, and these ice pellets are just pummeling us. And Shelly's like, they're all sticking in my hair. And I'm like, <laughs> well, what's it like? <laughs> um, but uh, then we heard the thunder and... Just, uh, I'm not a big fan of snow, but, but today uh, we're going to continue the series, as Pastor Lee said, in Luke, and uh, we're going to take a little, maybe different look at, at something, but before we get going, I'd like to take a, a minute to pray. How many know it's good to pray? Okay, that, that's everybody, all right, good, good. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for being here today. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for filling this place. Oh, give us ears to hear your voice. Help us as humans to step out of the way so that you can be heard. Father, I pray that what happens today brings glory to your name. Help us to understand more. Father, I thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. I thought that uh, as I'd get started here, because I don't preach all that much anymore. That makes me sound like a, an old-timer, huh? <laughs> anymore, back before I retired, no. But I was told that maybe start off with a joke, and uh, there's this, no, we're not going to go there. <laughs> but I am going to say this, um, We're going to be talking about Jesus and his encounter with a leper. And, and I titled this message, and I kind of struggled with the title because, well, one, not really that important. Two, didn't really have a title for it. But then I, I came up with this. Let me know what you think. Pray like a leper. Does that sound inspiring? Huh? Pray like a leper. If we look in the Bible, we see a lot of mighty men of God, and women too, that pray. We see a lot of great prayers. And we could learn a lot from that. Jesus taught us how to pray through teaching the disciples and we recited that this morning. We prayed that this morning, right? But what could we possibly learn about prayer from a leper? 
I don't know. Well, let's find out. I really don't know where this is going. These are blank pages here. You know, we're just going to have some fun today. If you have your Bibles, please turn to Luke chapter 5. We're going to start at verse 12. And as you turn there or as you tune into the screens here, uh, we left off where Peter, James, and John left being fishers of what? Fish to become fishers of men. And then Luke goes right into this next story of a leper. Let's take a look at it, starting at verse 12. While he was in one of the cities, there came a man full of leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. And he charged him to tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing as Moses commanded for a proof to them. Verse 15 But now even more, the report about him went abroad, and great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. Verse 16, but he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. Only four verses. There's a lot of stuff in it. A lot of stuff. Let's take a look at verse 12. The very first thing that said there, while he was in one of the cities. One of the cities. Was there a place called one of the cities? Welcome to downtown one of the cities. No. Why didn't he name it? Because Luke didn't study hard enough? He didn't research far enough? No. Luke reached out and studied deeply. He researched. He got in contact. He gathered information. He likely had the information. But why doesn't he mention it? Which city? It's because it's secondary. It's not important. You see, it doesn't matter which city. It doesn't matter if it was Capernaum. Or if it was any other city. It didn't matter. Now, there's other things that aren't in here that are also secondary. Now, we're talking about a leper. How did he get it? How did he get the disease of leprosy? Doesn't say. How long did he have it? Doesn't say. What day of the week was it? What season was it? There's a lot of information that's not there. Why? Because it's secondary to the point that Luke's making. All right? 
Continuing on in verse 12, it says, While he was in one of the cities, there came a man full of leprosy. For us to really get a grip on that, we really need to understand a little bit about leprosy. Back then, leprosy was a term that was used to cover a wide variety of skin diseases. All right. it, it covered everything from minor things like acne, that's a disease, or all the way full spectrum over to what we know today as Hansen's disease, which is pretty bad. But does that really give us a, a, a strong grip as to what leprosy is? So I, I like looking in dictionaries. If I pulled out one of my Bible dictionaries, we got a definition. Told Shelly I might have to pull out some uh, extra magnifying glasses to read some of this, but leprosy. In Christ's day, no leper could live in a walled town, though he might in an open village. But wherever he was, he was required to have his outer garment rent as a sign of deep grief, to go bareheaded <laughs> and to cover his beard with his mantle, as if in uh, lamentation at his own virtual death. He had further to warn passers-by to keep away from him by calling out, unclean, unclean. Nor could he speak to anyone or receive or return a salutation since in the East, this involves an embrace. And that's out of Easton's Bible Dictionary if you wanted to look that up. So let's, let's take a look at that a little bit. So if you were identified as a leper. Your life changed. So there might be a tendency, if you have a little spot, to maybe wear long sleeves a little bit. You don't want to be labeled a leper. You don't want that. You're going to hide it. You may cover it up. You may keep it from your friends and family, and maybe some people that are close to you find out, but they're, maybe they're going to keep it quiet. But if the priest found out, then your life could change. If your life is touched by the disease, it sets you on a path. As we saw in this definition, if, you're, if it was a walled city, you had to be outside of the wall. You were outside. You weren't allowed to be a part of the community. You weren't a part of the society. You had to be apart from the people. You were separated. If it wasn't a walled city, but it was a village, you kept your head down, no hats allowed, nothing on your head, you didn't look at people. You didn't talk to people. You just yelled, unclean, unclean. 
You weren't allowed to be around people. Your life was now different. Never to be the same. Leprosy had no cure. So if you got diagnosed and you were labeled as a leper, you are alone. Hopeless, feeling doomed, apart, you're outside. Everybody all feel uplifted now? <laughs> Let's continue on. There came a man full of leprosy, and when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him. Now, point out a couple things here. This was a village that he was at. Jesus was coming to the village, but he wasn't coming to this individual. Jesus wasn't coming up to Bobby and making a beeline to him. Jesus was minding his business. He was on his path, going the way he was going, according to the plan, right? What did the leper do? Did he yell, unclean, unclean, and, and shrug away? No. He approached Jesus. Jesus didn't approach him. He approached Jesus. And what did he do? He begged. Does beg sound like, sup, Jesus? What's going on? No, there's a lot of emotion. And, and he went up to Jesus. The Bible says he fell down. Jesus! wasn't casual. Other versions of the Bible say he implored. But begged kind of gets the idea across. He begged. There was emotion in his voice. It wasn't casual. What did he say next? Still in verse 12. Verse 12 is loaded. Loaded with stuff. He said, Lord, if you will... You can make me clean. First thing I want to draw your attention to, did he ask Jesus a question? He made a statement. He said, if you will, you can make me clean. He didn't say, could you heal me? Jesus, do you have the ability to heal me? Did he pull out his New Testament Bible? That's funny. Okay. And say, well, it says here, or it says there. He heard something previously, but he approached Jesus, fell down, begged him, Jesus. 
wasn't a question in his mind of his ability. It wasn't a question of Jesus' ability to get the job done. He knew. He had full persuasion that Jesus could. The only question in his mind is, is it Jesus' will? How many of us have played that little word game when somebody says, hey, can you go get me some cookies? And you said, I can. Do you mean, will I? You know, we've all done it. If not, I'm sorry. (laughs) It's not a question of ability. It's a question of will. Look at verse 13. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Now, Jesus touched him? Well, maybe Jesus didn't know what the circumstances were. Didn't Jesus know that this guy had leprosy? Matter of fact, it said that he was full of leprosy. He just didn't have a little bit. He was full. It's a skin disease. He was obviously covered with this disease. He had the look of a leper. He approached Jesus begging, and Jesus should have known better, right? Don't touch him. Jesus... You might get leprosy. Jesus didn't shy away. He didn't think. It says he immediately stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. Now, in English, that was two words. In the Greek, it was one. For me, it it reminds me of creation. God spoke and it happened. Jesus spoke and it happened. What happened? He was clean. He was clean. The leprosy, picture that, covered. He didn't have a little dot. He didn't have a little pimple. It wasn't a zit on his nose before the prom. He was covered. And Jesus touched him and said, I will be clean. Immediately was clean. When he was touched by Jesus, his life was never the same. He was touched by the disease And that set him on a course that his life would never be the same. Jesus touched him. Now he's on another course. And his life will never be the same. Let's take a look at verse 14. I'm not real sure that the uh, roast is going to get cold today. You know what I mean. Oh, come on, that's funny. Somebody laugh. All right, thank you. Thank you. I owe you one, Marlon. 
Verse 14, and he charged him to tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing, as Moses commanded, for a proof to them. Why do you think Jesus said that? Hmm. It's a dramatic pause for effect. Hmm. You see, there's a process that's prescribed in the Old Testament. We're not going to go there. That Jesus refers to here. And he says, but now, I'm sorry, and he charged him to tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priest, make an offering for your cleansing, as Moses commanded for a proof to them. That process wasn't for a cure. That process was for a declaration. Now, when Jesus told him to go straight to the priest, do you think that when he got up, he's like, oh, hey, cool, no leprosy. Thanks, man. Catch you next time around. I'm sure to get tickets, right? He was excited. The leprosy's gone. I'm clean. I'm clean. Look at this. I'm clean. He said, hey, go to the priest. Yeah, you're clean. But you're still outside the city. You're still, in society's eyes, unclean. Go to the priest I don't think he made a beeline to the priest. So he goes to the priest, gets examined, and then there's an offering to be done. What's the offering for? As I said, it's not to be cured, so it is a declaration to who? To the people. To show that he is clean. Picture this. Picture this man getting in front of the priest. The priest examines him. That's all right. You have been examined. You are clean. Now, go offer. Make the offering. Makes the offering, declaring it to the city. So everybody recognizes that he's clean. He's kind of doing this. All right. People are starting to say, well, wait a second. How did you get clean? Glad you asked. And it was Jesus. Can you imagine the priest? Uh, Priest, did you declare him clean? I examined him. So is your integrity intact here? Is he clean or not? Um, he's clean. He's declared it to the people. He's clean. Now, this guy, it's bubbling over. He's telling everybody. 
what's the, what's the word say here? But now even more, the report about him went abroad, and great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. Now here, word's getting out. He didn't Facebook it. You know, there wasn't a status update. Hey, guess what? No more leprosy, and it spread. Share, 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 you know. Didn't happen. It's word of mouth. He, the excitement, it grew. People like, whoa, healing. Oh, that's cool stuff right there. Crowds began to swarm. Is that what Jesus wanted the crowds to come to him just so that they would get a physical healing? Submit, maybe it was healing was secondary to the message that Jesus was sending. Verse 16, I'm going to get to that in a few minutes. But first, let's ask a question. What can a leper teach us about prayer? Said all that previously so that we can get an understanding of maybe what the leper was going through and picturing him covering up, then he was exposed and he was identified, you are now a leper. He is on a path, doom and gloom. Your life has forever changed. You've been touched by leprosy. You've been touched by a disease that's incurable. There's no amount of sacrifice that you can give that's going to change the destiny because you've been touched by disease. But then, he was touched by Jesus and his life would never be the same. So can we learn anything about prayer? Yes. Let's take a look. I got seven points. And it'll go quick. It's like machine gunning. And by the way, there is a wall here. I've hit it a couple times. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. I've, I don't know. Come over here. It's same here. I don't know. That's funny to two people, maybe three. So that was for them. Point number one, verse 12 says he was full of leprosy. Let me tell you, your circumstances don't matter. Your past does not matter. You can have a past that's as full of bad things as this guy had leprosy. Full, covered from head to toe. No matter what you have gone through, no matter what experiences you had, no matter what circumstances, no matter how dire they were, no matter how bad you've been abused, no matter how much stuff you went through, it doesn't matter. It doesn't 
matter. Why? Because we can do something about it. Jesus can do something about it. Point one, your past does not matter. Number two, we need to approach to take the initial action. Remember, he was out in the village. Jesus was approaching the village on his path. This guy was there. He could have, as instructed, shied away, gone away, kept his head down. But what did he do? He approached Jesus. We need to be sure that whatever circumstances we're in, whatever ailments we're carrying, whatever afflictions are upon us, that we don't let Jesus pass by. Approach him. Approach him. It's easy to talk about the affliction. It's easy. I see it. Anybody that's on Facebook sees the afflictions. Had a terrible day. My boss is bad. My girlfriend, my wife, my husband, bad. Somebody did this to me. Somebody did that to me. Woe is me. Went to the doctors today and found out I have a disease. Recently, last month, I got information through that medium that says... There's a person whose girlfriend just died. We're afraid that he's going to take his life. Less than two weeks later, he did. He took his life. Each person has their own circumstances. Could I maybe suggest that maybe some of us in here have afflictions that equate to acne? And some of us may have afflictions that equate to full of leprosy. And I'm telling you this morning, when it comes to prayer, don't let Jesus pass by. Approach him. Amen? That was the first amen. I'm sorry. I didn't give you opportunity for any. I know. We'll make up for it. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. <laughs> Point two was we need to approach. Point three, we need to approach the Father with respect and honor. Well, we prayed it this morning. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Holy be your name. In essence, those words are saying, Father, I know you have the ability. I'm seeking your will. I'm not doing it casually. I'm bowed down. I'm in worship. When we approach the Father, there should be an awesomeness. I've come into contact with people, and I'm sure you have too, to think, oh man, I can't wait till uh, the day when I get face to face with the Lord, and I'm going to say, Jesus, I have questions for you. Here's my list. Let's start here. You know what it's going to be like? 
Holy, holy, holy. Lord God, you are worthy. I'm an old catcher. These hurt my knees when I do that. I should stop doing that. We need to be respectful of who he is, right? He's God Almighty. Point four, I like this. If you will, not if you can. When we pray, we need to be seeking God's will. Not our will. Not a question of his ability. But we need to be seeking his will. He has the ability. How do we know the will of the Father? Is there any way we can learn the will of the Father? Anybody? Guys are awesome. Through his word. Through the Bible. God's word is his revealed will. Point five. Just like the leper was touched by Jesus. When we're touched by Jesus, we will never be the same. Well, how do we get touched by Jesus? Well, just casually going about our business? No, we need to approach Jesus as we've talked about. We need to honor Him with our lives. How many of us in here, in one way or another, have been touched by Jesus? I have. I've never been the same. I want to share a little story if I can. Bonus. You have the microphone. I was saved when I was 16. Just a few years ago. No, I didn't have to put away the horse and, you know, on the way to school or anything like that. But it was on a New Year's Eve service at church. It was really close to midnight, so a lot of times I wasn't sure which year it was because it was a matter of a few minutes, but it doesn't matter. That was secondary to the story. See what I did there? (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, As a teenager, there was a certain area in the seats that the teenagers kind of hung out, and the parents were somewhere else. Well, through the evening, there's games, there's food, there's all these things, but then there's a service between like 11.30 and quarter after 12. And so that story, the service went on, and I, I noticed... Over, I'm sitting on the right side. I notice on the left, several of the deacons kind of converge quickly and, and they grab this guy and they're like getting him out into the foyer. I'm like, what is going on? Should be paying attention to the preaching, by the way, but you know, look, what's going on? 
And it's like, wait a minute. That was my dad. What happened? Well, I went out and they had him segregated somewhere else and there were several people around him as I remember. And, um, you know, as I was trying to figure out what was going on, word got to me that his hand started to turn blue right there in the church service. And they couldn't figure it out. And, you know, he was panicking. And, you know, it was a big deal. He's starting to turn blue. Blue's not good. Blue's not good. So I remember being a little upset, you know, a little emotional. Went off. We had, in the church, it was kind of an area like this, and then there was two overflows. And that night, the overflows were closed off, and I had made my way into one, and a gentleman had come in. His name was Dave Johns. Uh, He's no longer with us. He's now dancing in heaven. Uh, But he came over and he... I remember what he talked about because he wasn't talking to me about my dad. He said, how are you? Do you know who Jesus is? Like, well, my dad's over there in a situation. Why are you talking to me about who Jesus is? Yeah, I know who Jesus is. It's not what I asked you. Do you know Jesus? He says, even the devil knows who Jesus is. I kind of gave him that puppy head tilt, you know. And he said, are are you wanting to give your life to Jesus? He said, no pressure. And he kind of let me alone. I went back into the service, still kind of really concerned about what's going on, but I was separated and wasn't able to get any closer to the situation. And by then, the service is wrapping up, getting to the end. And um, the pastor had an altar call. And they said, if, if you want to give your heart to Jesus, raise your hand. And I'm sitting there thinking, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. no way am I. And I'm like, oh, my hand's up. Ended up making my way to the front, prayed, and at that that moment, I was saved. And getting through that, going back, like, what happened to my dad? They said, well, he's okay. His hands started to sweat. He had brand new blue jeans. Now, I'll over-spiritualize it for a second just to save face. Maybe something was happening. Maybe in the chain of events, God said, no, we're going to change that to some blue jean ink. I don't know. I really did. It was blue jean ink. But but we're going to be super spiritual about that just for a moment. Uh, 
I was touched by Jesus that night. I was never the same. I wouldn't consider myself as full of leprosy. But I was diseased. I was diseased with sin. Maybe in my eyes, I considered it more acne than leprosy. But sin is sin. I was touched by Jesus, and I was never the same. When that happens, this is point six, you won't be able to contain what God does for you. We can see with the leper, I would like to think that he obeyed Jesus and was quiet all the way to the priest. But I don't think he was. I think the excitement, he was trying to make his way there, wasn't exactly a straight line, and he wasn't exactly quiet. And he was sharing. But what happened? The crowds of people. He got healed. It says that they went out to hear and be healed. They had their infirmities. Verse 16. We have verse 16 up there. But he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. Why did Luke insert that? Today, I'm using this whole section to talk about prayer. I could have just skipped the rest of it, jumped right into here, because it used the word pray. But Luke took this encounter with the leper and Jesus and told the story and rolled out the events and then seemingly tagged on but he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. Now, the way that this is constructed in the Greek, with the word usage, the tenses, and so on, I'm not a Greek major. Are there any Greek majors here, except for somebody over here? Okay. Good, then we don't, we don't have to go into that. But it gives an indication that this was a habit. This was something that Jesus did often and continual. Jesus was not swayed by the circumstances. He didn't look at the crowds of people that were coming and say, opportunity, I could really do something here. I could really become popular. There's a little fuzzy floating here, I'm sorry. Just like when he was tempted by Satan. What did he do? He went to his prayer closet. He went away from everybody to get alone with the Father. 
How is that important to us? We have to understand, we will face circumstances. We will face trials. We will come across infirmities with us, with other people. There will be situations. There will be situations maybe even today. We need to have a habit, a practice of getting alone with the Father as Jesus demonstrates. We need to commune continually as Jesus demonstrates. When we do, we'll be strong. We'll be fully persuaded of His ability, but we'll be persuaded of what His will is. When we look at the leper, it may seem strange to look at this guy and say, well, what could he teach us about prayer? But when you look at what he's done step by step through that process, there's a lot that we can learn about a leper and how we should act. I'm closing on this. Number one, your past doesn't matter. doesn't matter what circumstances you've come across. doesn't matter what situation you're in. doesn't matter what infirmity you have. If you've carried that disease all your life, if it has become a part of your character, a part of your identity, a part of who you think you are, let me tell you, that doesn't matter. You are a child of God. And if you're here this morning, you're saying, whoa, 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 whoa. I own that disease, and no, I am not a child of God, but you know what? I'd trade that disease in, that infirmity, those situations, that ailment, that thing that hurt me. My family hurt me. My friends hurt me. I'm in this situation. It doesn't matter. It's secondary. Primary, receiving Jesus in your heart. That's primary. Two, we need to approach. We need to take action. Don't let Jesus pass by. If you're here this morning and say, yeah, that's me. I've had those situations. I'm not a child of God. This is your opportunity to not let Jesus pass by. Well, I've got this or I've got that. This guy was full of leprosy. He was instructed to operate in a certain way. I'm unclean, unclean. You might be screaming that in your head this morning, but you don't understand. I am so far off the mark. One foot still in. I am so far off the mark. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We need to approach the Father with respect and awesomeness. Younger people are, well, there's a few younger people. Awesome sauce, you know, I just had to mix that in there. Awesome sauce, right? (laughs) Jesus is awesome. Uh, All right, I tried. 
if you will, not if you can. He can. When we're touched by Jesus, we'll never be the same. And when you're touched, you won't be able to contain it. And finally, pull away from everything. Find time to commune with the Father. Make it a priority. Your circumstances, they'll be there. Your busyness isn't more important. Spend the time with the Father. Don't be reactive. Oh, now this happened, now I'll pray. No, pray ahead of time. This morning, uh, don't let Jesus pass by. If you feel a little tug in your heart this morning, you guys can come. If you feel a little tug in your heart this morning, that's God speaking to you. That's not me. I don't, as you can tell, I don't have a bunch of fancy words. I'm not a polished speaker. But yet, this morning, for those that are here, that you feel that tug, no, that's the Holy Spirit knocking on your heart. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never asked Jesus into your heart. You feel that knocking? Don't let Jesus pass by. Maybe you're here this morning and said, you know, Dan, hey, I've been saved for a long time. I was saved for a short time, but I'm saved. I know it. I believe it. I believe that he died on the cross and raised from the dead. I believe it. But my circumstances, don't let Jesus pass by this morning. If you're sick, if there's an issue in your life, Don't let Jesus pass by this morning. As the band begins to play, if you felt that knock on your heart, take the time. Don't come to me. Come to Jesus. This morning, the altars are open. Find a spot, a quiet spot, off and alone, and reach out. There will be others here that will pray with you. If that's you this morning, the altars are open.